I think Charles Dickens once said it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. I'm going to go bad than good. It was the worst of times, it was the best of times. First, the worst of times. Be apropos if I didn't get this out there. And by the way, yes, we did start the show with quoting Charles Dickens. Rowdy? What the hell is going on with the Milwaukee Brewers? Jesus Christ, man. Devin Williams, who hadn't given up a run in 30 consecutive appearances. Devin Williams, who hadn't given up a home run in 44 games. Josh Hader gets traded. Brewers lose to the Pirates first game. Then last night, Devin Williams, who comes in, gives up a run and a home run for a walk-off for Brian Reynolds and his first of his career. The Brewers lose. 8-7. to seven. What was going on with that? Well, the last 48 hours, this Milwaukee Brewers team has basically looked exactly like the Milwaukee Brewers front office. Disinterested and punting. Just not good. Oh, and by the way, and we'll get into this a little later, but also on the bad things. Part of the package uh, that the Brewers got back from the Padres, the Nielsen Lament. He was DFA'd by the Brewers yesterday. So. And we can get into how dumb that is. Oh, we're we're definitely going to get into how dumb that is. You basically just did the Padres a favor. Yeah, you helped them with their books. So, yeah. But then there's this. So, not not only did you help them shed salary, you also allowed them to help shed salary. And you didn't go get a lot of the prospects, so I don't know, so they could land Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, and not have to worry about that extra little bit of money. We'll get into this coming up. Charles Dickens again said it was the best of times or the worst of times. We're going opposite. That was the worst of times. You know one more thing before I get to the best of times? That was a great great singer, right? (laughs) Charles Dickens. Pretty also, sure that's a Rocky Balboa line. Also, yeah, what movie is that from? Which one is In that? In one of the Rockies, they have a quote like that by yeah. somebody, and it's clearly like a writer. Yeah, and he's a, and he's like, that's a great singer, ain't it? That's a great singer, ain't it? Something like that. Uh, the Brewers also be getting dickened around past 48 hours here. All right, there's the worst of times. Now we go to the best of times. And why would be that? Cool in the gang as we celebrate. We have football. There's football from tonight until what? Like February? Oh, my God. We have football. Let's celebrate the good times tonight. The Las Vegas Raiders get to the field to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. NFL preseason football. Now, will they get to the field, Ebo? Well, if the Packers are playing, something stupid's going to happen. We've had issues in the past. Bad paint, holes in the field. Uh, what else has been in? I think that's about it. But yes, I think they will, Rowdy. I, I was in Las Vegas. I got a good look of the land and uh, the Death Star Roomba stadium that they play in. The Allegiant Energy or Allegiant Stadium. Look, look, look fine. Look great. Football's back, Rowdy. 
we celebrate. Oh, Packers training camp, family nights tomorrow, by the way. Next week, their first preseason game against the Niners. And before you know it, September 11th, not only is Rowdy's birthday, but also the Packers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, and speaking of celebration, yesterday the Wisconsin Badger football team took to the practice field for their camp. We're less than a month away from college football starting for Wisconsin. Feels good, doesn't it, Rowdy? It definitely feels like we're getting closer and closer to fall. Yep, which is not technically until like the third-ish week of September. When does fall start? Third or fourth week? September 22nd. Thursday, September 22nd would be the start of fall, my friends. So enjoy the summer while it lasts. Oh, all right. I just, I'm really trying not to just start screaming about the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm, <laughs> I'm really trying to distract myself about just going in on David Stearns, Mark Adonazio, the Craig Council, and the rest of the crew. Well, before we like yell about what actually happened, just want to bring Josh Hader up again. Mm. The more you look at this deal, it's how they, yeah, they kind of tried to split the difference between getting players for the now so that they could remain competitive this season and adding prospects for the future and yeah. later. Mm-mm-mm. We can get into all the details that that was, mm. but at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, doesn't it almost just feel like there must have been a riff between Josh Hader yes. and that front office? Big time. One, because you could, clearly could have traded him this offseason. Even if the package was similar, maybe slightly less, you could have still quote-unquote, improve the team. And if you did it this offseason, you probably would have loaded up on more prospects, less players to help you now because you wouldn't have needed it. You would have been able to go and get those players uh, that you needed in the deadline without giving up a good player. And at the other point is you would have the entire offseason to add pieces around if you lost Josh Hader. I really don't think the package would have been a ton different. I don't think it would have been that much less just for that extra roughly half a season. What one you sent a message to the clubhouse that you're really not out there trying to win. Josh Hader said that multiple other brewer players kind of mentioned and tiptoed around that and had some other weird comments. But at the end of the day, it feels like there was something between Josh Hader and that front office, whether Hader was upset or whether he said from the start he was going to, to hit free agent market no matter what. But it just seems like they did everything they could just to get rid of Hader. Yes. And it almost like it was a last second job where they didn't do all of their homework. Yes. Right. Where it's like, well, we have this opportunity. San Diego called us. Hey, we can finally get rid of Hader. And then we can get his attitude, and we don't have to pay him. We can get Taylor Rogers to deal with the two prospects. But then all of a sudden, it's like, well, we got to make a lot of other roster moves, and we really didn't do our homework. And all of a sudden, oh, we got to DFA one of our guys. Yeah, we have to DFA one of the guys. Now we're eating uh, the salary. And oh, by the way, Padres, you're welcome for getting Bell, Soto, uh, Hater. We didn't really get any better. Oh my God, this is probably the since David Stearns took over. This is the worst for signings. Trades, uh, DFAs, and waiver claims. Everything. You can remember 2020 when they picked up like Justin Smoke, Jed Jerko, and they had that really bad season. The one where they still made the playoffs. 
those signings all sucked. <laughs> they did. They, they, were, they, they, had, were, they had about three to five guys that they all signed. I actually liked one of them. But that? they had it was the second baseman out of uh, Boston. Oh, yeah. and then they DFA'd him. Yeah, but yes, they had huh. like three to five guys they signed all on one year deals, and almost all of them failed. And it was just like, oh, this team stinks. <sighs> I'm trying not to well, lose it right now. This last 48 hours, David Stearns in the front office of the Milwaukee Brewers probably looks the most incompetent that they've ever, they've ever looked been. in his entire tenure. Never. And then with the news of... Even worse than the Justin Smoke signings. Well, and we initially liked that. Remember when they... I mean, it wasn't... At well, the time, it was like, okay, I can see the, the all smoke. All the players that they signed it, but you can see it. in 2020 were low-risk, high-reward. Yeah. They were guys that had had success in the past. They were getting them on the super cheap. It was one season. It was a 60-game season. So if that was low-risk, high-reward, what what just went down on Monday of Hater? High risk, low, high risk, low reward. I don't even know if you'd call it that. I think you'd just say it was stupid, dumb. <laughs> like, did you hit your head? Did you eat paint chips? Did you stand too close to the microwave while you're uh, reheating your lunch? Do you live under power lines? What's going on? In fact, I'm, I'm going to play this clip again from Josh Hader. Take a listen to how giddy and excited. And happy Josh Hader is once he dons the Padres hat. The atmosphere here is they want to win and, and, you know, not just go to the playoffs, but win a World Series. And, and like I said, that's a, a contagious atmosphere to be a part of. And, um, you know, obviously the moves that AJ and, and the front office has put together, it's, uh, it's exciting. And, you know, that's the, that's the mentality that, that they're perceiving out here. And as players, that's, that's what you want. So, um, you know, to be a part of that group and to be a part of a, a trade to come here, it's, uh, it's, it's special. He's grinning ear to ear, folks. And, oh, by the way, last night the Padres won 9-1. to one. Oh, and the night before, the very first game where Josh Hader was a San Diego Padre, he came in in a big situation, shut, him, shut down the Rockies, and then ended up getting the win. Jesus Christ. Oh, that, oh. I did have some things bless it. rolling around in my brain <laughs> last night watching that Milwaukee Brewer-Pittsburgh Pirate game. That fiasco? And I mean, there's a, we can get into the game specifics, but just in general, one, I was thankful that uh, I decided to get on the treadmill and just start going just because it, it really helped. It really helped fuel my energy Did levels. Did you have your magic shoes on, Rowdy? But the, the second thing was... I said those are my magic shoes. So, you know how we've been watching... Pretty much every single game the Brewers have played since July of 2019 through streams. Yeah. So the one good one that I had last season did not start at the beginning of this season. Looked like it got shut down. It's back. Then, no. Oh, yeah. My, my, my stream my stream's gone too. The new right, one hey. that you had found that we were using, that had gotten shut down right around All-Star break. Yep. So I had to go out, well, we both did, and find new streams. Now, I found three of them. I, I find, t- it's tougher to find lately, but it, it is possible. I found three of them at three different sites, but none of which are consistent. No, they aren't. It's tough. And it's uh, we're talking like last night. I may have found one. It may have been working perfectly, and then going to the top of the seventh kicked out on me. You missed some pain and you missed some excitement with the Brewers. Then you missed a little pain and misery or a lot. Of so pain it's been unreliable streams basically since the all-star break. Yeah. 
and you're revolving around three of them, none of which are 100% uh, on it's, par it's for, tough. For, for a good stream. It's tough. But you know what crossed my head? While I was Why do I bother? Huffing and puffing <laughs> while my stream is kicking out and I'm seeing that the Brewers are falling apart. What crossed your mind, Rowdy? I might have to treat the Milwaukee Brewers like they're the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, I, oh no. I had a feeling I you might, might say something not like that. Tune don't, in to don't do another that, regular don't, season game. Don't do it to yourself. Unless they're on national TV. You let me know if you make the postseason. Oh, God. Oh, by the way, um, that's tough, Rowdy. Yesterday, I described you as the biggest Milwaukee Brewers fan I know. You got a, was that a Fenway Park shirt? Is it a Boston Red Sox shirt? It is. Yeah. Rowdy, oh no, don't treat him like the Bucks, Rowdy. Don't do him like that. But yes, uh, and speaking of playoffs, they're only a game and a half up right now in the Cardinals. By the way, did you see Omar Nervais is hurt? Yeah, he's hurt. I did. And you just DFA'd Pedro Severino the day before? I, yeah. So basically, the only catcher currently on your roster for the next week would be Victor Caratini, unless you go and pull up Austin Jackson, who is a... Was he single A? No, no, no. That, that was just a one-time deal the because of the... That? I don't even know. He's a nobody. Okay. It was literally because they didn't have... Guys weren't ready, and he was in Appleton, yeah, and they needed oh, a catcher. Yeah, that's why. So they just brought... Was it Alex? What the hell was it? Was it Alex? It doesn't matter. But Austin Jackson was the guy they that they got in the offseason. He's been basically like a quadruple-A catcher. Or you have the prospect Mario Feliciano. Alex Hall. That was his name, Rody. And Mario Feliciano is a kid that they wanted to see play one full season in triple-A. And that was supposed to be this year. So technically they don't believe that he's ready. Oh God. But yes, you DFA'd Pedro Severino yesterday to make a uh, roster spot room for some of the new add-ons and Severino will be in a seven day limbo on waivers. We'll get in the waiver thing coming up here with the DFAing. But yes, Omar Narvaez on the IL. Yeah. Omar Narvaez last night. Not good. Let's see here. Uh, Narvaez. Uh, exited in the eighth with a quad strain. He will not be available to, uh, today when he will be reevaluated. Oh, by the way, 11.35 first pitch today. Rowdy, you don't, and you can just listen to the Brewers on the radio. Uh, the King says uh, uh, Brewers are on Fox on Saturday. So there you go. You'll be able to get, we'll be able to get that. A lot to unpack about the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they've played a very uninspiring baseball since that trade deadline. Yep. It's been tough. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? How long is that Lucroy contract good for? I think it was like one day. He's retired now. Crap. Nathan, you're a pretty big backstop. Let's put you back there. I mean, I played catcher when I was younger. There you go. So, yeah. I, I wasn't, you know, very good at it, but I did it. So. Again, big backstop. Let's put you back there. You ever read, like, some of those. Um, job descriptions where they're looking to hire and they go looking for an enthusiastic, great teammate, blah, 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 blah. I feel like that's what the Milwaukee Brewers right now. They need that enthusiastic person to add on to their team because everybody looks like they're wa- going through the motions. Like and the just, walking dead. Yeah. They're just kind of, we, we, we want a guy that's just happy to be here and being paid peanuts. Hey, Alex Hall, I just looked it up, a 22-year-old catcher from Australia who happened to be you know, in Appleton at the time, the Brewers' high-A affiliate rowdy. That's that's how he got called up, Alex Hall. You are obsessed with him all of a sudden. 
I mean, I'm going to have to be. They only have one catcher. And Alex Hall thanks the Milwaukee Brewers because he officially reached the big leagues for that one day where he was never going to play, but he was just the uh, major insurance. But because, down under. because he did reach the major leagues, that is a nice little bump in minor league pay, by the way. He's just some Aussie. Well, I mean, right place, right time from Australia. I'll, I'll, I'll never get there, so that's fine. You know, I kind of feel like this trade um, – Stearns kind of like channeled his inner Bill, Bill O'Brien. Oh, God. Like, like you're going to show me up, so I'm getting rid of you. Oh, God. Y- you know, it's just. If, that, if, if we're on the trajectory of the Houston Texans when Bill O'Brien was there, then we are doomed. Who's well, getting the tough? I, I feel like I feel like the smoke is clearing and the mirrors are breaking. And, and Stearns like smoke and mirror great job he was doing is just his luck is running out i just i don't know why you're gonna get rid of um get rid of hater for what you got for him it makes no sense Then they just dfa'd one of the guys yesterday well yeah and oh we don't want to pay him but yet one of the guys that you just the the closer or reliever that you got for him his contract is up at the end of the year so it's not like you got a guy that you got for a couple of years It, it just makes absolutely no sense other than the fact that we're going to make a point and we're going to get rid of you. And, of course, if I'm going to San Diego, yeah, you may not be the top team in California, but you sure are making a run at it. You know, you, you're going to – they made the moves that they made. And, obviously, they want to win. And, yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nathan, yeah. today's going to be a yelling show. I think. Well, we love you, buddy. You I can't s- wait to get Robbie on. Oh, damn. Nathan, we love you, bud. <laughs> have a good day. See, We're see. going to have to extend Rob. We're going to say, hey, Rob, can you do two segments? I know the Packers have been really, really hitting it hard at the uh, training camp. And then when we get to segment two after we do the Packers segment. It's like, hey, now that we got you on, right, Rob. It's actually a Brewer segment. Well, let's go. Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, covers the Packers, Conley Media. He Last week, Rowdy, last Wednesday is when he texted me and said, hey, can we do two segments on Thursday? A lot of stuff to cover for the Packers. I think now, and I said, of course, I think now I extend the, the, the text to Robbie. No, no smoke and mirrors, as Nathan said, or what you were saying to Rob, like, you know, get him hook, line, and sinker. I'm just going to be straight up with Robbie. Hey, Rob, would you care doing two segments, one on the Packers and one on the Brewers? I want to see what he says. He gonna- did say just the other day in that text message to us, about how the Brewers would rather uh, celebrate a team that got second place 40 years ago yeah. other than try and win a World Series this year. Yeah. And, by the way, Mark Ananasio should sell the team. <laughs> I can't wait to get Robbie on. It's, it's, gotten, even, it's gotten even worse since then. It's that was progressively like a, that worse. That was a text message from two days ago. It's gotten progressively worse for the Milwaukee Brewers. I, I know they say it's a long season. But Rowdy... The season's no longer uh, as long as it once was. It's getting close to nut-cutting time here, and the Brewers are dwindling in their lead to the Cardinals. And the Cardinals did not play last night as their game against the Cubs was postponed, so they gained another half game on the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Here's a message before we go to break. Our guy, uh, BJ Ashman. Brad, what's up, Bradley? The money that they didn't want to pay Hader, they just spent on DFAing Lamette and trading for Rosenthal. Stupidly trading a top 20 prospect and picking up his full $4.5 contract for Rosenthal. I'm done with Stearns and cheap-ass Mark Adonazio. 
You know what? This is Led Zeppelin playing right here, but I wanted to play one specific for Robbie because uh, it feels good in the air, man. Let's do this here. It's felt like it's been a long time since we've rock and rolled, i.e. the NFL. Well, the Hall of Fame game is tonight. Raiders, Jags, NFL is here, baby. So we are rocking and rolling. Are you ready to rock and roll, you rock and roller, Rob Reichel? What's up, dude? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, you know, it caught me off guard that it was a Thursday night game. It's typically a Saturday or a Sunday in the Hall of Fame game. But, yeah, it's going to be awesome tonight. Rob, oh, my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, we want to... We want to cover a lot of ground with you here today, uh, but first I just want to rip the Band-Aid off. You know I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. You know that's my boy. I don't I know. know boy. I don't know if you uh, got down with the podcast yesterday that he was on with a guy named Aubrey Marcus, but Aaron Rodgers opened up about taking ayahuasca, a hallucinogenic right. drug. Well, there's DMT molecules in it. It helped him reach the point where he's at now. All about self love Robbie are you man enough to take a little ayahuasca Rob and say that you indeed do love Aaron Rodgers well I'm probably not gonna at this point in my life go take that drug <laughs> specifically you know, catch me as a 19 year old kid running around the campus that you Hell yeah. and then and, and maybe my answer to you would, would have been different but hey hey I'll tell you what if, if that's what Aaron needed to find inner peace and um, you know if, if that has made Aaron Rodgers just happier in general and life and uh, a better human and a better teammate and et cetera, et cetera. Like all the things that he was outlining in that podcast yesterday. And, and I listened to a little bit of it, Evo, and I've seen all the quotes, you know, that have come out from Rogers from that podcast. Then, then, you know what? I mean, I mean, good for him. If, I mean, yeah, that's what totally. he needed at this stage and this, this juncture of his career. I mean, because I mean, Evo, let, I mean, let's be honest, who can, who can argue, right? He's thrown, he's thrown 85 touchdowns in the last two years. His, his passer rating has been 121 and, and 112 in the, in those two seasons. I mean, he's, He's been unbelievable, uh, you know, uh, on the football field. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Evo. He's he's been pretty good in the locker room too. I mean, I, I chatted with him for a few minutes yesterday. I mean, he's just been he, really? he, 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 even even Evo the last couple of years. You know, even on these Zoom things, he, he's he's and I've said this on the show. He he just seems and he feels like a different guy. And yeah. now that the locker room's open again, and you can actually talk to people uh, about Aaron and things like that. Other people have said they you know they have noticed the difference. He's he's just kind of been a, a, a better guy, and, and and he's let a lot of the a lot of the nonsense I think that that he's gotten caught up in through the years. He, he's just let some of that stuff go, and 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 maybe he needed to do that after the Jordan Love pick and you know, in, in April of, of 2020, maybe, you know, maybe he absolutely had to do that to, to, to find that inner peace and play at this level again. But I mean, if, if, if you're a Packer fan and, and, and you hear Aaron say that this is what he needed to, to get to this point in this juncture, you, you, you say, that's fine. Keep, keep taking it, man, because yeah, you're and bring you know, me next time. Right. Right. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're throwing 40 some odd touchdowns a year and, and you're, you're back to back MVP again. And, and they're, they're going to need him to play like that every, you know, every single week to, to, to you know, to continue to win 13 games this season, Evo, because as we talked about many times on the show, there's a lot of questions on that offense. Yeah, uh, Rob, on that offense specifically, the star of camp so far, apparently, uh, Romeo Dubs. What are we thinking of this uh, fourth-round pick, this rookie wide receiver? Is he going to be, you know, lighting it up come week one here and beyond? Lighting it up might be a stretch, Evo, <laughs> but but I, 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 I'm to the point where I'm ready to say, when they take the field September 11th against uh, against Minnesota, um, and, and 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 maybe I should let a preseason game or two play itself out. But 
but you know, I'm, I'm ready to say he'll he'll be a starter opposite of Alan Lazard. You know, the, those will be your starting two wide receivers when when they go up to Minnesota. Cobb probably in the slot at at this point in time. Amari Rogers might win that job later in the season, but but no, I mean specifically back to Dubs. Uh, you know, Ebo, it, it's day after day. You know, he, not only he's making the routine. You know, look. Uh, you know, look routine. He he's making the unbelievably difficult look routine. And Rogers said yesterday, um, you know, every single day it's a wow play in there. You know, so it's so it's not only the, you know, the, the the basics that he's that he's kind of accomplished and and locked down early here, Ebo. It's you know, it's it's the highlight reel stuff too. Um, you know, I asked Brian Gutekunst yesterday. So so Ebo Gutekunst has had forty eight draft picks since since he started. Uh, as, as the general manager in, in 2018, there's four, he's drafted 48 players total in those five years. 40 of them have come from power five conferences. Okay. Um, so there's only eight that he's taken that, that come, you know, outside the power five. So for the most part, he likes to stay in the big 10, the sec, you know, the, the ACC, whatever. So I said, you know, when you go to a place like Nevada, which is a mountain West school and, and, and take one of these guys, you know, do you, do you, what, how, how do you feel comfortable enough, right, that, you know, he, he beats out the guy at Alabama that you're looking at, the guy at Ohio State. And, and you know, we know Dubs led the FCS last year in, in receptions, and his numbers last year were off the charts. But it, it, it was some of those games, Evo, you know, against the Cal, for example, you know, a, a Pac-12 school. You know, I, I think Nevada had a couple other games against Power 5 schools where, Dubs was outstanding and you can pop in that tape and say, well, look, okay, he, he beat this corner here consistently all day. That was second team, all big 10, or he beat this guy. Right. So, so it's a combination of what you saw on film and then what you're projecting him at the next level. And, and, and he already, everybody knew coming out of the combine Evo that, that this guy was pretty smooth. He was four, five, three, his 40 time down in Indy, which is, which is pretty good. I mean, it's, it's certainly good enough to win consistently, you know, at this level. And then, you know, and then, and then the kid's an extremely hard worker. He, he seems way more mature than, than the average rookie. Um, boy, Ebo, you add it all up. And I, and I, I think it's a guy that you're, you're going to feel okay with lining up in week one. I mean, I, I, I'm to the point, like I said, where, you know, you remember in, in 2006, Greg Jennings jumped in right away and, and he was a starter opposite Donald Driver in, in week one. And and I think Dubs is, is going to be similar to that, Ebo. I, I, I think, especially with Christian Watson being sidelined for a bit here yet, you know, Dubs has passed him and, and I think he's passing everybody else on the, on the depth chart where, like I said, when they go to Minnesota in week one, I, I think you're going to see Lazard, Cobb, and, and Dubs line up against the Vikings. So what's yeah, – Ronnie? Well, I was just going to say – Dubs is a guy that he didn't stand out in any particular category at the combine, but he was solid pretty much everywhere. But like you said, he was a guy that had big time production in two seasons at Nevada where they didn't necessarily play the best competition, but in games where they did play power fives, he played well and he's played pretty well just at Nevada in general. He's a guy that, He's one of those guys that he comes in and he might not have the ceiling as Christian Watson, but he's going to be, you know, 90% of what his ceiling is right now. So you're going to get a solid polished player, unlike a Watson who has a lot of skill and intangibles, but it's also really raw. Well, I'll tell you what should be exciting for Packer nation. I mean, I heard from a lot of people after the draft, boy, if, 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 if we hit a, if they hit a, if the Packers hit on one of two of, of those top receivers, even two or three across the board, they're, they're going to be set for the next four or five years. And, 
you know, I, I do think eventually they're going to hit on Watson. It just might not be in 2022. I think we talked about this last week a little bit on the show that, that Dubs might have the better 2022 season, but Watson winds up having, having the better career. I mean, Watson's behind quite a bit. You know, he didn't get much work in, you know, in, in the offseason with Rodgers. He, you know, he, he's losing all these reps right now. Um, we don't know when we're going to see him. I talked to Watson quite a bit yesterday. On, no timeline on him. It, it wouldn't shock me, guys, if, you know, he even winds up starting the year on the pup list or if, if he is on the 53, maybe he's inactive a week or two because they, you know, just are more comfortable with, with some of these older guys that have gotten snaps all through training camp. But I, I will say this. I, I think by the time we get to December or January, they'll be able to get something out of Christian Watson. And by then, Dubs could have 50, 60, 70 catches. Mm-hmm. And now you start talking about that pair going into the playoffs that are kind of on on an upswing, guys, versus in past years when you look at some of these Packer offenses or Packers wide receivers that kind of plateau from the middle of the season on. I, I, I've been saying this all training camp, guys. That this, this is going to be an offense, I think, that for the first – six, eight weeks maybe is middle of the pack in a lot of categories. And in the second half of the season could certainly take a jump and become a top 10, a top five Mm. offense when it's all said and done. And that's what you want, obviously, because I think the defense is going to be lights out from day one. And if the offense can catch up to the defense, let's say by December 1st, this could actually be a team on the upswing going to the playoffs rather than where they've been in the past few years where they're not always going in the right direction. Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Robbie, the defense obviously been getting a lot of fanfare, a lot of talk, too, hype from the players themselves. I saw Goody yesterday talking about Rashawn Gary, Rowdy's favorite player, uh, that he wants to bubble wrap him and save him for the regular season. He's very pleased with the fourth-year edge rusher, saying it's all coming together and he's wrecking practice. What's the vibe like, Robbie, for you for that defense? Yeah, it, it, it's funny you mentioned that, Evo, because that that was the question I asked Gutekunst. I said, "Would you like to Would you like to bubble wrap or Sean Gary?" Man, and, 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 he, and he and he gave a great answer. No, it, it's uh, Evo. The, the, I, I keep telling people this: go bet twenty bucks on Rashawn Gary to, to lead the league in sacks. I, I I I think it's a legitimate bet. I mean, I, I the last I looked, he was getting forty to one. Um, it here's a guy who. Like, like Gutekunst said yesterday, he, he's wrecking practice. And, 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 and now that they're into pads, I mean, there was some stuff he couldn't do last week when, when they weren't in pads just in terms of bull rush and strength stuff. I mean, this, this guy is so physical and so strong. Um, we're, we're talking about a guy who last year I think was second in the league in pressures. Um, you know, he was only about 15th or 18th, I think, in sacks when it was all said and done. He seems to me to be ready to turn, let's say, 25% of those pressures into sacks. And when, when he does that, guys, his sack total is going to jump from 11 last year to 17 this year, or 19 or, or whatever it is. And, and, and when, when, he, when, we, when we get to the offseason, guys, I think T.J. Watt right now is the highest-paid outside linebacker in the league at like $28 million. Rashawn Gary is going to challenge that. I mean, he is ready for a monster year. And, and he's really, guys, just one of – four, five, six guys on that defense that, that kind of fall into that category. You know, Jair's ready, obviously, I think, for a big year. Stokes is going to have, you know, a, a pretty big year. Quay Walker's a little bit of a question mark because he's a rookie, but they're throwing him in. It's going to be baptism by fire. But, you know, you, you look up and down that roster, guys, or on that defense and, and every single level. I was talking with Dean Lowry about this yesterday. Lowry said, we have never had playmakers at every single level 
Um, he, he said, now look, there, there, there's Kenny and Reed and, and Lowry up front, right? There, there, there's Campbell and Gary and Preston Smith at the, at the second level. All those guys in the back that we could spend 15 minutes talking about and, and what a strength the secondary could be. I mean, the speed on that defense, guys, across the board is is very legitimate. I mean, the, those guys can really run. The, the, for, for Packer fans and Packer Nation out there, that have been whining and crying about the defense for a decade. Um, and it, 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 it's probably going to end this year, Evo. They, 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 are, they are a defense-first team at this point in time, I think, until Rodgers and the offense prove otherwise. They're going to win some ugly games early, I mean, Evo, I mean, or, or be in some ugly games. Whether they win them or not, I guess, is, is uh, you know, up for debate. But they might have to win ugly early, you know, 16, 13, 2016, 19, 17. They're going to be in some of those games, I think, because the, the offense is going to be a work, a work in progress. The defense is not. The, from, from day one, this defense should look like the defense that took the field and played unbelievably well against the 49ers in the divisional playoffs, which they obviously lost 13-10. But anytime you give up 13 points, you should win a football game. Yeah. Rob, family night upcoming tomorrow. Well, is Robbie going to take the – the daughters and go the the wifey. Or are we going on a working capacity? What are we doing for family night for the glorified practice? Yeah, they're not they're not into that, Evo. <laughs> and, uh, and and I I think you hit the nail on the head. Glorified practice is is exactly right. You know, but it, again, it, 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 I've always said that this is a wonderful chance for for people that normally you know don't have two hundred bucks a person. To, to get into Lambeau Field and, and to watch some live action and, and to watch some live football. Um, I, I, I wish, I mean, the Packers do have $600 million in cash reserves right now. I, I wish they would make this a free event for the fans, but, you know, that that's just not how uh, Mark Murphy slash Mr. Burns rolls over there. He, he's got to find a way to, to make every cent possible. I, I This should be... This should be a free event for the fans. It was for several years. I, I think it's still reasonable. It might be 10 or 15 bucks a ticket, uh, which, which is still reasonable to, to bring your family and, and get a live look at, at, at some of these guys. Um, I, I don't expect a whole lot out of the ordinary, yeah. Evo. Like you said, it's, it's going to be a normal practice. I, I don't think, you know, LaFleur talked about this a little bit the other day. I don't think you'll see live tackling. You probably just see thud, which is where they, you know, largely just bang into each other and, um, I, nobody's going to go to the ground. I would think in, in terms of tackling drills, like, like Gutekun said yesterday, there, there's guys on this team. They want to bubble wrap and make sure they're available in, in week one. And, 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 and we remember back in, I think it was like 2013 where Brian Belaga blew out a knee on family night. That's the absolute last thing you would want to see from Ugh. this football team. So it, it, it's a fun night for once the weather looks decent. They've had, they've had weather issues for, you know, 10 or 15 years over there on, on family night, uh, Tomorrow night looks excellent from that standpoint. So it should be a fun night for, you know, for fans and families just to, to go out, watch a little bit of football. And I mean, we're, we're only a month away from this, from this thing kicking off. And it, it, it's a nice way to, to start get, getting people fired up because I, I, and, and on top of it, but we're only a week away from these guys going out, you know, and, and kicking off the exhibition season in San Francisco. Hi, right, Robbie. Uh, we love your pack of work. Forbes.com. Conley media crushing it. I have one last question for you. And it doesn't involve the Packers, but hey, it's not, I'm just going to say three words, and I want you to say what's ever on your mind. All right, uh, one second. I have a little sound effect for it. <clears throat> the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh my lord! 
We you, can you keep me on till ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers. I, 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 I will. I, I will be as quick as I possibly can. The, the, I, I was talking with some other writers at, at practice about this yesterday, Ebo. I cannot remember in any sport across the board a first place team at the trading deadline becoming sellers, not buyers. Um, and, and, and I'm, you know, NFL, NBA, you know, that it's one thing if, if you're the Nationals and you're 33 and 67 to trade your best player or the Cubs last year who are in kind of rebuild mode. When, when, when you have treated your fan base as atrocious as the Brewers have for 50 years and, and, and not only given them a garbage product on the field, but, you know, you, you continue to slap them in the face time and time again when it, when it comes to letting, you know, superstars get out of your city. And, and you trade, to me, either your best or your second best player. I mean, flip a coin between him and Burns, to me, who's the best player on that, on that roster. And you move that guy at the trade deadline when you don't have to. And that's the key. You did not have to. You want to trade him at the December winter meeting? That's fine. Trade him then. But make one run at it. Give your fans some hope. Give your fans something to get behind. Instead, the Brewers keep treating the fan base like dogs. They keep kicking them. Sadly, those dogs keep coming back. At some point in time, the, do- the dog's going to go next door, and he's going to become a Cardinal fan or a Philly fan or a Braves fan or something. Um, but what the, Brewer- what the Brewers did this week, guys, is-, is just absolutely inexcusable. Rob, I actually thought you'd be more of like lit. Like, yes, I can feel the passion in your voice, and I love the tweets you had. I thought that was kind of <laughs> tame. That was a little tame for Rob, the Brewers takes. Robbie, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a few different thoughts while I was watching that game last night. And I, I mentioned two of them earlier today, but there was a third and it was if the Brewers did just go in a tailspin and I was going to root for another team, who would I root for? <laughs> well, my first thought last night, my first thought last night, Nellie, is the ba- the baseball gods are fantastic, right? They don't let you get away with this nonsense. Josh Hader got a win two nights ago. And what you saw play out last night in Pittsburgh was was the baseball gods punishing Atanasio. So as, as as well, he should have been punished. Robbie, we love you, man. The heartbreaker led Zeppelin playing for uh, the trading of Josh Hader. <laughs> and by the way, they DFA'd one of the guys that got back in that trade. So. Oh, I, I know. I know. We, we we could go on all morning about it, boys. I like, like I said, my only advice to people out there is think real hard before you give your money again to that organization. <laughs> Robbie, we love you, dude. Uh, happy training camp and family night tomorrow. And then before you know it, it's going to be week one, my man. We love you, Rob. All right, boys. Love you back. See you, See buddy. Ya. Uh, Mark Adonazio sends his regards. There he is, Rob Reichel. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah, Wisco Chad. Hell yeah. What's up, brother? Hey. <laughs> What's continuing with this baseball team of ineptitude? Uh, Sam Decker tweeted out last night, nine hours ago, damn, if only we had Hater for the ninth. As Devin Williams gave up his first home run in 44 games and his first uh, run scored in 33 innings. That's what happens when you let all the air out of the balloon. It's still a tie game, though, at that point. That's true. You know, so let's say they seven, go on seven. a... Lose seven out of the next ten, and they basically lose the central. Don't you put that juju on me! Oh, you know what? I, I, I really... I hope you have some... I think it's it would be there. kind of poetic. Beautiful it might songs. be nice for Ananasio to understand that you can't just keep putting a crap product out there. It's just barely enough. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, but the allure yeah. of getting drunk in that parking lot is so... Mm, mm, mm. I can go sit in Lambeau Field parking lot. It used to be better when you didn't have to buy a ticket and you can go to the... Simpler times, RJ. Simpler times. They make you buy a 
buy a ticket, RJ? I didn't realize. I, that. I think they do that now. Well, uh, was it the third inning? They're like, all right, yeah, you got to go like, in or leave. Yeah, they come by sure. and and find you. And they get you. Oh, they get you. When I worked in the stadium, we kind of made friends with the cops and like everybody that had to drag the drunk in <laughs> the third inning. Opening day, they that one year they counted the number of people that were passed out, and it was over a hundred. Yes, didn't even make it in. Sounds like, a, li- sounds like a light. Sounds like a light day. Just a hundred. <laughs> well, these these people were like unarousable, where they almost had to take them to detox. Hey, when we did our <laughs> when we did our Brewers party bus uh, a couple years back in the before times, uh, our guy Z in the D, he got so drunk he passed out in the luggage carrier of a bus. A he different even, bus, right? A different bus. He even made it in. Those people must have really getting after those one hundred. I've been on the other end of that where I didn't make it out of the park and security was waking me up. Oh, hmm. Man, would you apply for a small bank loan to go f- afford those beers? Enough. TGI Fridays back in the day. Oh, oh dude, yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that, all, all you need to be said right there, TGI Fridays in the park, yep. I drank 11 of them. Woofta. Woofta. <laughs> and I, I don't remember my name that day. I didn't well, it's probably good name. if the police are on your ass. So you can't remember your name. That's a good thing. <laughs> and that's why you make friends with those guys. <laughs> I get it now, Chad. You made friends with them because you are the drunkest there. You're like, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> they, they were really cool. And then security, you know, lets you sit in really nice seats if you know them. Oh, there you go. you, you got to give them a couple Long Islands. Like, here you go. Here you go. Uh, that has happened before. Huh. Sounds like you know? Charlie once worked at Miller, at Den Miller Park. I wonder if he was doing that, too. Yeah, it's a barter system. Right? Hey, so before I let you go, Chad, how upset are you right now with this whole Milwaukee Brewers fiasco in this past, what, 48 hours? We'll see. I mean, if they completely fall flat on their face, that is squarely on the stupidity of this move. And, like, I, I don't, I still don't understand why you take lament there, like, you to DFA him. Uh, so like, dumb. So dumb. I, I don't get that. That doesn't, unless they got there, unless he got there and they realized his arm is more screwed up than they thought. It's but, insane. They literally helped the Padres out with their books to get other big names. It's insane. We're going to we're going to dive into it. I mean, is there something is there like a player to be named later that we don't know about in this whole trade? There's <laughs> a there's no but there is a restaurant to be named later. That's what place TJ Fred is. Yeah. I, uh, ah, <laughs> we love you, Chad. Yeah, that, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm an 8 of not happy. Angry. Chad, you the man. We love you. The thing, I'm always angry. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, t- phone lines blowing up over something. Real quick though, plot twist with the hater trade, the DFAing of uh, the Nielsen Lamette. Here is Stern's initial explanation, and I quote: "This is from Adam McKelvey. The Nielsen has a good arm and was included in the trade to help balance out the deal. As subsequent transactions played out, the roster fit became a little tougher. We are hopeful we will be able to keep him in our system." So. Uh-huh. So the first you thing with have. this detail is <laughs> when they DFA'd him, he has to clear waivers. So there's now a seven-day window where any single team in Major League Baseball can claim him. There's no longer the waiver trade deadline where you get the extra month till September to trade guys. So in the old Major League Baseball rules, it would be, okay, you place him on waivers now. If a team claimed him, you could work out a deal or you could claim you could take him back and I take that's no longer a thing anymore in major league baseball. So if he is claimed, 
another team would get the rights to his contract and then they would have to pay roughly, I believe it was 1.6 million or so of the, the money he is still owed. But if he goes through that seven day period and he's not claimed by anyone, yes, he is technically back on the Brewers and they can outright him to Nashville triple a, oh. but oh. because he had just <laughs> hit the allotted amount of service time just very recently, he is in the uh, stage of his career where he can actually opt out of taking that outright demotion to triple a. Oh. And if he does that, the Brewers would still owe him that $1.6 million and he would become a free agent where he can sign anywhere he wanted. Make it so make essentially sense. there's still a really good possibility that even if he does clear waivers, if he's smart, which most of these guys I would believe with their agents would make this move. <laughs> he, if he's not claimed, he would then decide on free agency so that he gets to keep his money and then have the ability to resign with another team and make a little bit more money. So there's a highly likelihood that he will not be a Milwaukee Brewer. Make it make sense, David Stearns. <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> now, this was a guy that everyone kind of liked. It was like the one piece where it's like, okay, we know what we get in Taylor Rogers. We get a, a solid reliever when he's right. It, it adds to the bullpen where we're losing Josh Hader. We knew that the two guys that were younger were prospects and their lottery tickets. But Lamette was the guy where... Man, if you can get him back to that 2020 you form, him. you can fix him. You get him in that pitching lab. He might be really like for the rest of this season. He was only going to be a spot starter or a guy coming out of the bullpen. But for next year, if you got him right and got him back to that 2020 form, he was a guy that could actually make an impact in your rotation. And I think ceiling wise, probably slotted in if he reached that 2020 p- potential as your number four for the 2023 season behind, of course, Burns, Woody, and Peralta. But now that's all moot as it seems like the Brewers just didn't do their homework and kind of rushed to get this deal done, and now they're trying to figure out and put all the pieces back together. It it, it honestly is like the worst look that David Stearns has had in his entire tenure as a GM for the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm going to put a Twitter poll out here momentarily. And he used to be bringing in Jonathan Scope. David Stearns, <laughs> make it make sense at 608-321-1670. David Stearns, is that you on line one? No, but uh, Terry, for them. Oh, hey, the king of the north. Terry, make this make sense. Well, what doesn't make sense to me is this. First of all, as far as going back to your drinking thing, I want to say this. Back in the 70s when the Packers sucked, when they played at County Stadium, yeah. There was not only a hundred. There were several hundred that never made it off the bus. By God, that's just because uh, the packs were so bad. You had to do something to make yourself feel better. Well, the beer was or the beer was that good. What well, doesn't make sense <laughs> to me <laughs> is, um, you know, and I keep hearing you guys say in this concerns we we trust. You know, it's like you you got the Statue of Liberty with your right hand in the air. If if there was really an issue with them, him and Hater, why would they trade him to San Diego? Why would they trade him to a team that sucks? And my second question is, Cerns makes sense. Why didn't you take the guys that want, that the Nationals got back in the trade for Soto? Why didn't you get any of those guys? Well, the reason why you don't trade them to a team that sucks is because normally, well, actually, the worst thing to have on a bad team is a good bullpen because you're not in the position to be using, you know, like really good relievers and closers because you're just not winning many games. That's why you see a lot of these lower level teams, like we'll say, for example, like the Chicago Cubs this year, 
They'll go out and sign a couple decent relievers knowing that they're going to flip them at the deadline so that they get something back for them. They know that they're not actually going to be using them for a playoff run. So really, there's just no market to trade him to crappy teams. The only teams that are interested, especially at this point in the season, are teams that are looking to compete, teams that are looking to add to that bullpen, and San Diego happens to fit that bill. Where San Diego is going to come out looking, not only these guys aren't rentals, they've got these guys for two and three years. You know, I don't know what Bell's contract is, but I mean, Soto, Hater, they're going to be around for a while. I mean, it's not like they're going to be free agents come. So Hater's actually got the rest of this season and then next season. Juan Soto has the rest of this season and two more seasons of arbitration. Josh Bell and Brandon Drury are done at the end of this year, so they are technically rentals. They are rentals, okay. San Diego is going to come out here. This may be, I think the guy from the ESPN may have, said it the best. There's these trades that San Diego has made with Milwaukee and Washington maybe have been almost as great as when the Boston Red Sox sent Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. Oh, that's some big that's some big britches to fill right there. Twenty three years old. You know, and I don't know how much money he's gonna make. I mean Babe Ruth made a hundred thousand dollars a year in nineteen twenty seven. Yeah, and but do you know why? Big. Do you know why he made that much money and why he made more than the president? He was good. Because he was having a better year. Yeah, that, a better that's year. a Babe Ruth quote. <laughs> I, I've heard that for I don't know how many years. Well done, buddy. I tell you, that was good. That was good. Tell you what, though, um, guys, your, your Brewers are still going to win their division or make the wild card. But even with Hader, without a bat, they still would have they'd have won the first round. I'm not sure now they'd win the first round, but they certainly would have won the first round before. Um, and the Cardinals really didn't improve either. So, yeah, that'll probably be like the – um, the American League division with the White Sox, Twins, Cleveland will probably go right down to the last week. Um, the all three body battle, and you know, and none of them will do nothing in the playoffs. Terry, I'm holding you to that. Then the Brewers are going to win the win the Central or make the playoffs. I'm holding you to it. Okay. Well, that they will. I mean, there's no way anybody. Else, I don't know. Well, Nelson, I'll hang it up with this. Tell me right now the scenarios of the teams that are fighting for the wild card right now. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. See you, Terry. I hope you're feeling better, bro. See you, buddy. So currently for the teams that are in that wild card race in the NL, obviously you have the St. Louis Cardinals who are still in a battle with the Milwaukee Brewers for the NL Central. Then at the same time, you have teams like the Philadelphia Phillies. The Braves. The Braves are right in there, but the Braves are also somewhat still in that division race with the Mets, yeah. so you could even throw the Mets in there. And the Padres. And then you have the Padres, and then the Giants were kind of sellers, but they're still yeah, right they're, there. They're, yeah, or if they got hot, they could maybe wind up on the door. So I, you still have a number of teams that are right there. There is a way to not make the playoffs. There is, exactly. Yeah. There is a way to fall out of the playoffs. But I want to say one thing with that Babe Ruth quote. Yeah. So where, where it stems from is, like Terry said, he was making an ungodly amount of money a year being the best baseball player in the league, right? Well, it also just happened to coincide with, like, the, the Great Depression. Yeah. And Hoover was the president, and he was asked Hoover. why he thought he deserved to be making more money than President Hoover, and he said, Hoover. why not? I had a better year than he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Babe in any Hoovervilles. Green Bay Packers in camp. Romeo Dubs. Apparently, so I was talking with one young guy, Kenny. I, so I came up with something. Yeah. thought about this last night oh, when yeah. I was seeing more Romeo Dubs. Yeah. Uh, well, tweets and praise Romeo and how he's Dubs. playing really well. You know how when... We're not exactly sure how to say someone's name 
and it's like, okay, we'll just wait. If he plays well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's our model around here. If you, so, if you do good, we'll figure your name. So Romeo figure dubs, because in the interview, I guess they found an interview with him talking about his name, and he's saying, so my name is Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs yeah, but, but you can call me Dubs because I get Dubs. That's his nickname. So as long as he plays well, he's Romeo Dubs Yeah, because he's getting Dubs. He's playing well. When he starts to play bad, we'll call him by his actual real name. Yeah. Dobbs. Dobbs. That's what I was going to say. I was talking to one young Ben Kenny, and I was like, is it Dubs or Dobbs? He's like, well, actually, his real name is Dobbs, but his nickname is Dubs. I'm like, oh, so it works either way. No matter what, we're always in the right. Romeo Dobbs, a.k.a. Dubs. He's been killing it, dude. Aaron Rodgers. And I got to get to this cool Aaron Rodgers story coming up here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, though, talking about Romeo Dubs. Getting it done in camp. Take a listen. You know, it's never been too big for him. Uh, I really like the approach. You know, he's a very humble kid. But you're starting to see the personality come out a little bit, which is fun to see. He's had a lot of opportunities, which has been great. You know, with Sammy not, not practicing a couple days and obviously Christian being out, a lot of opportunities for him. He's made the most of it. I thought, you know, it's not just the team stuff. I thought he ran good routes yesterday in the one-on-ones against against Stokes. Oh, he burned Stokes yesterday. And, you know, it's just a matter of the mental stuff. You know, he's still making some mental mistakes, but you expect those. Um, it's it's the uh, the approach, though, and his release patterns. He gets the ball with his hands. He's You know, every single day, you guys know you've been watching, there's been at least one kind of wow play from him, and that's kind of rare for a young guy uh, like that. Now, we've had some guys over the years kind of do that, but, you know, they're all in the top ten, I think, in the Packers receiving history, so... Good start for him. Rowdy, he just lit up Eric Stokes yesterday. Well, I think the most encouraging thing is what you've seen the last couple days. Because you know how a lot of times these rookies, and especially a guy like Dubs who was drafted in the fourth round, they might not get as many many reps against those ones and those twos. And they're more or less playing against the back end of the roster. So like when we first saw Romeo Dubs starting to make some of these plays, it was like he made a hell of a catch over Enos Gaines. (laughs) <laughs> and he made a hell of a catch over like the other fifth or sixth, yeah. seventh guy in the secondary. And you're like, oh, okay. I mean, he's, he's dominating these guys that are fringe roster players. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the last couple of days, you're seeing reports where he's going up and mossing Eric Stokes, who actually graded out as one of the better corners yeah. last year as a rookie. And Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander are supposed to be one of the best duos at the corner position for a one, two. And you're seeing Eric Stokes visually mad and upset. And I believe there was one. I saw a report when he got uh, Romeo dubs went up and made a catch on him. He slammed his helmet on the ground and was pissed. Pissed. And I mean, that's obviously good for the green Bay Packers because when we talk about what the heck do they have in the receiver room, this might be a bottom five uh, receiver room in the NFL. Yep. You need some players to step up, and thankfully it looks like Romeo Dubs is going to. But there was another thing where I, I did see a um, a quote from Eric Stokes after a practice like a day or two ago, and he was talking like, yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, I see the phone lines blowing up one second. Uh, speaking of Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, both work. So Sammy Watkins out a little bit with a hamstring. You have Christian Watson, who had that knee surgery. It was minor, but he's not participating. Romeo Dubs is tearing up. Aaron Rodgers talks on, what are they going to do to make sure new guys, like the Watkins, who isn't playing right now, Watson, who's not playing right now, and Romeo Dubs are ready to go against the Vikings on Rowdy's birthday, September uh, 11th, coming up here for week one. I think we're just going to have to throw some of them in the fire, to be honest. Uh, We're not sure. 
obviously when Christian will be back. But, you know, there's going to be in the, you know, in the two deep, which plays a number of snaps, there's going to be young players. You know, other than Allen and Randall, those guys have played with me a good amount. Jawan's played limited. Malik's played limited. Amari's played very limited. Sammy hasn't been with us. And then you got a couple uh, a couple rookies. So we're going to have to throw them in the fire and, and, and have a little, you know, learning process uh i think that's where the uh the patience and the uh the expectations reasonable expectations will be very important that being said there'll be a lot of conversations between now and game one and the expectation will be to be able to recall the important conversations and go out and execute and just be yourself I, I like it. Trial by fire. Now, well, will we like it after week one? We'll see. I mean, obviously, we all agree with everything that Aaron Rodgers just said right there because you don't have to be a genius to realize that you're going to have to throw some of these young receivers into the fire Yeah. just because look around the receiver room. It's yes. a lot of young, inexperienced guys. Someone's got to go play. You don't have any veterans no. sitting on the couch. Devontae Adams isn't walking through those doors, Rowdy. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to have to. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, by all accounts, Dub's the man. Football is in the air. Training camp in full swing. We got family night on the horizon. And now we've got to say good morning to the one, the only, Mike Clemens in the house. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Evo. How you doing, man? Um, dude, Mike, it's football tonight. The Hall of Fame game. We got the Raiders and the Jags. I can feel it in the air. It's feeling great, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, and you know you got Leroy getting inducted, you know, finally, and so yeah. that's going to be that's going to be a great storyline to watch too. And I'll have uh, you know clips from uh, Leroy's acceptance speech uh, if he's done by the time your show starts on Monday morning. <laughs> I'll have clips for you. Uh, on well, yeah, Monday Mike, show. Mike, you and clips—it's like a match made in heaven, man. I don't know how I don't know when you find time to sleep, Mike. When do you sleep, by the way? Because you are Green Bay Packers twenty four seven three sixty five. Yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, I've got this little travel alarm clock I've had for about three or four years, and it didn't go off this morning. So I think I got to go out and and buy a new one. <laughs> I woke up. I I had this weird dream. I woke up that the Brewers had traded Josh Hader, and they had four players you'd never heard of before. And I, you know, oh wait a minute, that actually wait, happened. Mike, actually, That's it's right. not a dream. You're living the nightmare. That, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are the rest of the guys in the Brewers clubhouse. Oh, but anyway, but anyways, uh, you know. You're hearing a lot about Romeo Dobbs, the rookie wide receiver wearing number 87, and it's all uh, warranted. He's the kid comes in prepped. He's very humble. Uh, he just keeps getting better every day. He, you could start to see a little bit of that uh, progression through the OTAs and and through the mini camp. But man, you know he's now flying with pads on. He's flying through the air and diving. There's one ball that uh, Jordan Love thought was was a beautiful pass. It was zipping, and it's like, oh, gosh, I better get out of my way or this thing's going to hit me in the head. I'm going to look like Marsha Brady you know, <laughs> with a big nose. And, and Dobbs pulls that thing in for a touchdown that both feet in, you know, touch before the line, um, you know, some great plays like that. But the problem is we keep on describing that a lot of these plays, you know, the, the, uh, the Packers quarterback is, is under pressure. Well, the, the truth is he's like getting sacked on a lot of these plays. Yeah. So isn't it interesting that, you know, in the first year or two of Matt LaFleur here in Green Bay, Brian Gutekind had a pretty nice, experienced offensive line before the future Hall of Famer, you know, Aaron Rodgers. You, know, when you got uh, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and then you would move on to Josh Myers out of Ohio State. Great pick. You know, he 
just goes right into that center spot. And then, you know, you had uh, Billy Turner, longtime veteran until at right guard, and maybe bringing a veteran like, you know, Dennis Kelly. And you got Lucas Patrick, who's trying to start out as the center for the Chicago Bears now that he left in free agency, although he broke his thumb the other day. Mm. He's, he's your backup. He could play center. or That's a pretty experienced group. Evo, I'm, I'm looking at Yash Nyman at left tackle, and then John Runyon, who did a nice job in his, his rookie season. Josh Myers, who missed half of his rookie season. Uh, Royce Newman, who came in you know, after they started having the injuries on the line last year. And at right tackle is Zach Tom out of Wake Forest. Now, I, I tweeted out a, a week ago that as they were trying out guys like Cole Van Lannan, uh, you know, the former Badger, and you know, the kid who grew up just a few blocks here from uh, from Lambeau Field, yeah. um, he's getting beat. And he, he he had no answers for first team guys, you know, like Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary. And they were trying Royce Newman out there. They're trying other big guys, but this guy who's a little undersized, this Zach Tom, uh, he's six four, but his feet are as, almost as good as Bakhtiari. Hmm. Just tremendous, great technique. And, and he was giving Rashawn Gary some trouble. So I asked Rodgers yesterday, overall, what does he think of uh, how the offense is performing against this first-team defense that on paper looks pretty darn good? I, mean, I think it's kind of gone out how we thought it would go. You know, defense, uh, other than the first day, has been giving us uh, some issues up front. But there's been some days where we've ran the ball really well, I think. And a lot of guys are, you know, starting to click in and, and have uh, some better practices. An offensive line, um, you know, one day you're going to get Dave back and Elton, but right now, outside of Yash, you don't have guys that have had a lot of game experience in the NFL. Is that, like, the youngest group that you've lined up behind? It's definitely a young group. Definitely a young group, but Yash has played some good football, so we have a lot of confidence in him. And I think Royce, you know, has been playing some tackle and guard for us. He's got some flexibility. And then we got to see what we have with the young guys, you know, the guys with two first names. we got to see if they can, you know, where they're going to be playing at. Uh, but I, I like what we've done uh, really at center and left guard. I think I've been really consistent. You know, when John Ryan uh, Runyon came in, John Ryan, that's funny. I was just actually talking to Mason about John Ryan, so that came out a little slip there. But uh, John Runyon, when he came in, he was a pro's pro, maybe because he's been around his dad and seen what it looks like, but the game has never been too big for him. And Josh is such a big, wide body, uh, although he, he's a heavy sweater. And so <laughs> indoors in a day like today in a walkthrough, uh, we had to get him multiple towels. But uh, remind me of uh, Evan Dietrich Smith a little bit. But uh, I like how those guys are playing. And, and really, the other spots are up for grabs until Dave and Elton get back. Mike, if he's really that sweaty, at least Aaron Rodgers can be thankful that he's not the center. <laughs> right. And, you know, Evan Dietrich's been out of ball now six or seven years. He's sitting at home. And they, wait, wait a minute, that's how you bring up my name that I was a sweater? What? <laughs> I, I thought of this, like Zach Tom, I thought of the two first names, too, because usually, you know, you got to make a comment on it. Rodgers and I in sympathical right there, the two first names, Mike. Yeah, Zach Tom. The other guy they picked was uh, Sean Ryan. You know, yeah, it's. it's <laughs> So uh, one guy that uh, has got a first and last name is Jake Hansen. He was a six-round pick out of Oregon. He was the center for Justin Herbert, who's now the you know standout quarterback for the Chargers. But his rookie season was pretty disappointing. He had 
Um, you know, he just looked like he was in and all over his head. Lucas Patrick beat him out as the backup center, no problem. Then he hurt his hip, uh, and he missed a lot of time rookie season, so that was just kind of a scrub. Last year, you know, he did make the team coming off of uh, practice squad, uh, and and this camp he suddenly looks pretty darn good for a six-round pick. As a matter of fact, they've been running him ragged. It's like they were looking at him hard, first-team right guard, and, you know, he'd go 10, 15 plays. And then they'd call in Jordan Love, and then he'd have to move to center because the, the backup center job is wide open. And pretty soon the guy's, like, running 20, 25 snaps back to back to back in camp. But last year he said he got a lot of good experience going against the Packers' defensive line like Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark as a second teamer, and that's how he improved his game. Oh, yeah, it was, it was huge. I mean, being able to get reps, you know, against guys like Kenny and Dean and our edge rushers. I mean, there's, there's so many guys on that, on that defense that are, you know, top-notch. So just being able to, you know, get those live reps against, you know, some of the best in the business because I wasn't, I wasn't getting them in games, you know. So um, just being able to get quality competition and continue to get better in practice over the course of, uh, the whole season, even, even when I wasn't seeing reps on the on the um, on the field on game day, was was huge. You're getting your reps now because I see you with competing for that right guard position, and then the first team goes, and the next thing you know, it's Jake over the ball with the second oh, yeah. team and getting all those reps. But with Lucas Patrick gone now in Chicago, that backup center job is wide open if you're sitting at right guard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, any opportunity I can get, um, I'm eager for it. So if I can be the, you know, obviously I want to start. I want to be out there. I'm doing everything I can to, you know, be be on the field in the starting lineup if my number is called. Mike, they got a lot of depth there on that offensive line. Yeah, I know David Bakhtiari missing him is a blow, but a lot of depth there for the Packers, yeah? Yeah, well, no. For me right now, if they had to play a game on Sunday, outside of Yash Nyman, who is pretty much got a whole season last year, and Runyon got a lot of snaps. They don't. Huh. I mean, you know, as I said, just a couple of years ago, uh, Gudikins gave Matt LaFleur a, a, an offensive line that pretty much averaged four or five years in the NFL. Now, you know, you're looking at, uh, you're lucky if three of the five guys have been had more than six or seven games in the NFL. So it's a very young group right now. And then... You know, you're out, you're out, stand, you're outside uh, linebackers. You lost to Darius Smith. Back up outside linebacker, pass rushers. Uh, that job is wide open right now. But Rashawn Gary not only wants to be the best outside linebacker for this team, he wants to be the best in the league. And, man, he's just he's, he is so quick. And he's becoming even more vocal. And, you know, we're now back into the locker room, which has, you know, been great. And I don't like to hold these guys up for sometimes these 10-minute interviews that <laughs> just go on. There's really there's a couple of specific things I need to know. So Rashawn was headed into the uh, uh, shower, and I think he'd actually, you know, done talk to a lot of guys. But I saw he's I just wanted to catch him. So I wanted to play this kind of awkward moment for you. This is my raw tape. This is exactly how this interview, because I, I wanted to ask him about Zach Tom, number 50. Like, God, this kid looked really good. They had a starting team left tackle protecting Aaron Rodgers' blindside. So roll the raw tape here. Check one, two, three. Rashawn, can I ask you two? 50 at left tackle yesterday. That kid looked like he's got pretty good footwork. Gave you a good workout yesterday. Zach Tom at left tackle. 
gave me a good workout. I'm just asking. You tell me. I don't think so. You got the better end of it? You tell me. I'll tell you. Are you leaner? Are Because you, you look quicker. You look quicker than ever around the corner. Uh, I'm around, around 270 right now, but less body fat than what I was a year before. Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel quick, explosive, fast. Like I'm feeling good right now. Is it anticipation too? Oh, it's just you know going in the year four, and you know as a team we got aspirations of going to the NFC Championship, winning it, and you know going to Super Bowl and winning. I just want to be a big part of that, so I'm just hungry to make sure I'm an impact for this team. I just thought the rookie up against you looked like he had a pretty good day with his footwork and his hands. Oh yeah, he's 50. He's a he's a great athlete, great athlete. He's very patient in his set, and, I, and he's going to be good for us. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. thank you. You tell me, Mike. You tell me. Well, I, this dude, when he puts on his glasses in the locker room <laughs> and he looks down, you remember those old pictures of like Singletary with the 85 yeah, Bears yeah. or LT? You know, six foot five, 277 out of Michigan, first round pick, and he's looking down at you, you know, and, you know, apparently I insulted the man. I mean, yeah, I got to be a little tense there. You gave me a good workout. I'm just asking. You tell me. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel. I could cut that tension with the cheese knife there, Mike. That damn. Uh, and, and, and isn't it nice to know I've still got my footwork? I can back off and try and <laughs> yeah. you know, get out of the outstretched swing. You know. Yeah, the pa- Packers coach would be like, "Damn, that Clemens got really good backup steps right there." He's <laughs> yeah. <good." laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's still trying to get you know work out the relationships with these guys. You know. Well, 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 I mean, was day. it was it is he usually like that or is it like what, did he take it as a slight then? Because it's it's like I, I don't know. I, I know you didn't mean any ill will. Did he take it that way? You think? You know, here's the deal. He's the man now. Oh. You know, he's he's he like he said. He's in his fourth. Zadarius is out of the building. He's in charge. He wants to be the guy in charge. So you you don't tell the man in charge. Like, <laughs> you're you're trying to tell me a rookie beat me. You tell me. You, you tell me. me? You're talking you to me. me. <laughs> That's funny, Mike. So you know they're working on special teams and they have these longer periods. Now I can't tell you if they're going to be any better. But you can see a lot of starters out there. And Aaron Rodgers even said yesterday, we said, well, hey, what do you think about seeing all the starters out there in special teams? He says, I like it. And he said, you know, Rich Basaccia, um, he gets what he wants. So I think there's a lot of now you bring in this 50-something veteran coach that's been in the league 25 years, and when he goes over and taps on Aaron Jones or whoever else to say, uh, you're going to be on punt team today, they don't say, yeah, I don't think so, Coach. I don't think I'm. I don't. I don't feel very good about that today. You know, no, no. He he gets he gets his way. So you know, there's a point of emphasis there. They had a, a punt drill. Now Pat O'Donnell, Pat the O'Donnell. new punter, veteran guy that they picked up from the Bears. <clears throat> I could say this. You know, um, J.K. and the other punters they've had in the last couple of years. The guy, uh, the guys could could drill the ball mm-hmm. you know they could six kick 60 yard punts but what drove the floor nuts is that they could not consistently put hang time on the ball and put the ball in the right spot instead of just right down the you know the middle of the field where uh, a returner has got all the field to work with you know he wants them to nail it in the corner like the old coffin kick like they talk about yeah. so so far the hang time is there but they, they work them every other day. You can't work them every day, but they're playing special teams every day. So they had the jugs machine out there, and a lot of some of these veteran uh, return guys 
where Boblin muffed returns. And so LaFleur was asked about, you know, how come you're, how, how do you explain what's going on in camp with that? Well, we're in the market for a new jugs machine. So if anybody has, <laughs> has one out there, uh, you know, they want to donate or put whatever price tag you want on it, I really don't care. We have to get a new jugs machine because I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> that thing was ridiculous. I mean, it, it was, huh? What was it doing? Did you not watch it? <laughs> that, oh, it was awful. You couldn't get the ball to turn over, and it's, I mean, it's damn near impossible to catch. So, um, yeah, that was not the finest hour for our equipment staff. Mike, uh, Thanks, Matt, Matt LaFleur getting contentious there, too. Did you not watch it? You got Rashawn Gary fronting you, Mike, now Matt LaFleur bodying reporters. What's going on there in Titletown? Uh, that's a coach that was probably watching tape till 1 o'clock in the morning, went home, took a brief nap, got back in, you know, 5.30, stopped at Starbucks, came in, and it's, you know, day 7, day 8 of camp. Yeah, they, <laughs> they get testy. They get testy. Hey, Mike, uh, before we let you go, I absolutely love it. And careful with Rashawn Gary today, okay? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Family yeah, night. I, we, 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 we got, we've worked that out. I think we're working things out. Family night, Mike, coming up. What can we expect from Mr. Clemens up there for family night? I, uh, I this will be one more chance that you can look from up above and see exactly how things are physically, you know, head to head with first and second teams on the line. Um, uh, I've got a pretty good feel for coverage guys. Uh, you know, the, the the defense on the first team looks like one of the best that they've had in the last five years. But they've they were there. They, then it falls off the table, though it gets really bad in terms of looking for backup, experienced mm-hmm. pass rushers at outside linebacker, and at backup corner too. At backup corner, they even had a guy that they just picked up, this uh, Levitt guy, uh, number six, Dale on Levitt. They thought he was a special teams guy out there for the Raiders. They let him run with the first team uh, safeties yesterday because he, you know, he's a Rich Bisaccia guy. But uh, they also need some backup safeties too. So. That will be an opportunity and more of like a game-like setting. Uh, but they've got to come up with an offensive line. And that's what we talked to LaFleur about today. Yeah. Is you've got to decide on how you're going to protect Jordan Love. Because you've got a game next Friday night against the 49ers yeah. out there in California. And you don't want Jordan Love getting hurt in the preseason again. No, not at all. Mike, uh, I want you just, well, I know what you're going to do tomorrow. Awesome coverage at Family Night, and then we can't wait to hear from you again on the Bill Michael Show tomorrow. All right, my brother? Thank you, Evo. Appreciate it. Much love, Mike. See you later. All right, there he is, Mike Clemens, my man.